Bibles. Matthew chapter 6, we'll start by reading verse 25 through 34. And it says, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on, is not life more than meat, and the body than raiment. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit to his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. And I want us also to read in Proverbs chapter 27 and verse number 1. The Bible says here, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. James chapter number 4, verse 13 through 16, I'd like also to read. And James 4, starting in verse number four, uh, 13, it says, Go to now, ye that say today or tomorrow, we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings, all such rejoicing is evil. Uh, therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Now, as we consider all three of these verses this morning, I, I want us to consider the idea of facing the future or facing the fears even of tomorrow, we could say. You know, oftentimes facing the future can be a scary thing, can it? There's so many unknowns. We wonder, we, we wonder in our minds about, about all the awful things that could possibly befall us or could possibly happen to us. And oftentimes we so fret about the possibility of these awful things that it, it comes to the place where it paralyzes us in this current moment for, from actually living life like we normally would. <laughs> from living for God in the present like he'd want us to. You know, the truth is there's a lot of bad things that could happen to us, right? I could get COVID or any number of numerous other diseases that are out there. I mean, the tuberculosis was an epidemic when we were in Ukraine. Um, and <laughs> there were numerous other epidemics and diseases that were there. We just lived life. Man. I could get one of those things, okay? That's a possibility. Uh, I could get cancer. I could be diagnosed with cancer this week. Any one of us could be. I could get in a car wreck leaving from the services today. You know what? I could get salmonella poisoning from my food today and die. That could happen. I could get in some 
horrible criminal come into my house attacking me or my family, doing some awful thing. I could lose a loved one in some sort of tragic accident. You know what? We could be nuked as a country by China, Russia, Iran, North Korea, or some other adversary or rogue country. You know what? That is a possibility. All these things that I've mentioned, I'm not mentioning these to create fear in your hearts and mind, but all these things that I've mentioned, these are things that could possibly happen. But I want you to think for a moment today, because we're... We here in America today, we are thinking so much about what could possibly happen that we're not living for God today. And it's sad. Yeah. It's sad the state that the church in America has come to today because we're worrying about all the possibilities instead of just living for God today. Amen. If I live my life worrying about all the evil that could possibly happen, um, then oftentimes, listen, all that fear, okay, it's going to control me and it's going gonna, it's gonna to hinder me from living my life in the way that God wants for me to live it in the here and the now today. Amen. Now think about this. You see, I, I can't be living by faith if I'm being controlled by fear and worry, can I? Those two things are contrary one to another. And so really, every day that we live, we have a choice. Am I going to walk by faith or am I going to be controlled by fear? I mean, think about it for a second. I can't lock myself up in a nuclear bomb shelter day after day because there's a possibility that some awful, evil regime somewhere around the world is going to decide to send a nuclear bomb at our country. I can't do that. I've got to live my life. And I've got to live it by faith for the Lord. You know what? I can't stop driving my car because people get in car wrecks every day. Right. I've got to live my life by faith, just trusting in the Lord. Amen. I'm also not going to stop eating just because I could possibly get food poisoning. No, I think I'll just pray over that food and trust God. Amen. Amen. And listen, folks, I'm, I'm not going to seal myself off from the rest of the world in my own little bubble because I'm fearful and I'm worried of catching COVID or some other of the many contagious diseases that are out there today. Because if I did that, I'd never, ever do anything for God. No, I think I'll just trust God and by faith live my life for him. You know what? Sealed in my bubble, I can't preach. Sealed in my bubble, I can't go out and witness to people. I can't fellowship with other believers as, the God, as God commands me to in the word of God. I can't gather together for church. I can't uh, praise God in the assembly. I can't live out my faith if I'm sealed in a bubble because I'm so scared of what could happen to me. Listen, folks, we've got to learn to live by faith no matter what's going on out there. And the reality is, if we didn't have the news networks, none of us would have the level of fear today that we have. If the TV was turned off and the social media was turned off, we would be at church every Sunday without a doubt, not a care in our minds about catching COVID or about communism or about any of these other evil things going on. We'd just be living life and serving God. So why don't we just do it anyways, amen? Just turn the news off. You don't need to be tuned into the news. You need to be tuned into Jesus, amen? Hey, I wonder how 
we've got so many problems in the church. Maybe it's because we're so tuned into the media and so little tuned into God. Amen. Oh, may God help us. I think I'll just trust God. Amen. Amen. And by faith, live my life for him. And you know what? If any of these awful things come my way, because even as Brother Darrell was talking about this morning, I'm not, I'm not getting, granted a, a uh, uh, get-out-of-jail-free card, okay? I'm not granted an uh, escape from all the problems of life just because I'm a Christian. Amen. And so if one of these awful things happens to come my way, you know what? I think I can just trust the Lord that he'll give me the grace sufficient to get me through that as well. Don't you think he can do that, Christian? I think he can. Listen, friend, you and I both have no idea what a day may bring forth, as that verse in Proverbs says. We don't know what tomorrow holds. And so we've got to choose to simply walk by faith and trust God Despite all the possible awful things that could happening, despite all the, the things that the news media or other things being promoted online are suggesting could happen, I've got to choose to just trust God. So don't worry about the future, amen. Just determine to live for God today by faith. So many times when I come to a circumstance where I start feeling that way, I remind myself of this verse in Matthew 6, 34. Take no thought for the morrow. Jesus is saying this. This will help us out if we'll actually listen to it. Take no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So quit worrying about all the awful things that could possibly happen in the future and just trust God and live for God today. Amen. Because you know the reality is if all you ever do is worry about the bad things that could possibly happen, then you will likely fail to live for God today. Or you will be hindered in living for God today. Listen, friend, you can't control your circumstances. If you think you can, you're ignorant. You cannot control your circumstances, not, not even in the least bit. So you might as well quit worrying about it, right? I mean, the Bible says, cast all your cares on him. For what? He careth for you. The good shepherd takes care of his sheep, right? So why do the sheep need to worry about it? We don't. We put all that stress, all that burden on ourselves when we choose to bear that. God says, don't do it. It's not what I want for you. Turn the television off. <laughs> Delete the social media accounts if it's causing that in you. You don't need it. It's not helpful. Hey, turn the media off and open the book. Amen. It will help you out a whole lot. So quit worrying, being fearful, and just trust the Lord. Walk by faith. Amen. And so this morning, as we consider this thought, I want to challenge us as Christians with what is needful in our lives if we will go forth by faith and face all the unknowns of the future. With everything that's happened this past year, we look at all that's going on and we think, man, there's a whole lot of unknowns. We kind of can get kind of fearful about it, can't we? We get a little scared about what's, what's going to happen next, what the, the, what the possibilities are. Okay, but what are we going to do if, 
How, how can we go forward by faith um, and face all those unknowns of the future? Well, there's really only two choices to that, Christian. To go forth in fear, controlled by our fear, or to go forth walking by faith. Amen. And if I will go forth by faith, it's going to require some things in my heart and life. And those are the things I want us to think about today. Those are the things that I want us to consider this morning and ponder in our hearts. And I pray that God would help us because even here in our church, I've noticed so many folks, they're focusing on all the fears, all the possible evils that could happen. And you know what does it? It, it, it suppresses our faith. It suppresses, it, it holds us down so we can't live for the Lord like we want. We have some people that have not even come to church in over a year now. Why? Because they're fearful. Granted, I understand COVID is a real thing. I am not detracting from that. It is a real thing. But no matter what real things that are awful that are happening in our society around us, we've still got to live by faith and follow the Lord. And so may God help us as we consider this today, some of the things that are necessary in my life. If I'm going to go forth in faith and face the unknowns of the future, first of all, I want you to notice that I need to have a great courage. And I want us to look at two scriptures concerning this. First of all, I want us to look at Isaiah chapter 41 and verse number 10. And then we will look at Joshua chapter 1 as well. So Isaiah 41 and verse 10. I've got this underlined in my Bible. If you don't, it probably would be a good one to underline. It says, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. I like that. What a powerful verse. And then you look also as, uh, as the Lord was speaking with Brother Joshua in the book of Joshua, chapter number one and verse number Verse number nine, and he repeats these words uh, throughout this book. But verse nine says, have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God, what? Is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Boy, what a powerful thought that is, is it not? Both of these verses, they, listen folks, they make it abundantly clear that even if I'm wor even if worrisome and, and fearful things seem to lie ahead in my path, I am called to, to be courageous and, and to just go forth by faith, simply trusting in my mighty God, who promises that he is with me. And he's with me not just part of the time. This isn't a part-time job, is it? He is with me whithersoever thou goest, the Bible says. That means Jesus is with me every step of the way. Did he not say, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee? Forsake thee. Isn't that what the Bible says? Yes. So Jesus is with me every step of the way. That, that ought to grant me a little bit of courage in going forth in faith. We look at the story that God's talking about here in the book of Joshua where God was telling them to go in and possess the land. And he says, I've commanded you, be strong and have a good courage. I'm with you. You can do it, right? And yes, as Israel looked at the situation, there were some fearful things that, that seemed to lie ahead. I mean, there was these... 
these great walled cities of the enemy and these awful giants and the terrible armies of the enemy as well that seem to lay before them. But God says to Israel, I command you to forsake fear and to be strong and of a good courage and go forth by faith. Why? Because I am your God and I am with you. Wow, I like that. The choice was theirs. Courageously go forth by faith or cowardly in fear remain sealed in their tents on the other side of Jordan. Now we face that same choice day by day. Am I going to follow the Lord by faith or am I going to let myself be dominated and controlled by fears? Now we know if we read that story that of those this, this generation, God said, I command you, this wasn't an option, I command you to go possess the land, be strong, have a good courage, go do it, right? Amen. And how many did? Two. Joshua and Caleb. Just two men that came back and said, you know what, God can. I think, praise God, by faith, I'm ready to go in and claim the land, land of God that for, for God that he wants for us, amen. I'll not stay cowering in my tents when God has something great for us to do. But all the rest of the people of Israel stayed sealed off in their tents on the other side of Jordan in fear of the great difficulties that lie ahead of them rather than willing by faith to go forth and conquer. You know, the choice is ours, but you know what? I think the way of Joshua and Caleb is a whole lot better, isn't it? Boy, well, Caleb, what a man of courage he was. I mean, even after they got to the place where they were able to possess the land, I mean, he is now 80 years old. He's not a young man anymore, but God promised him, you're going to get your possession in the new land because of your faith, Caleb. And he says, okay, well, I'll tell you what, if I'm going to get what I want, I want the mountain, amen. Give me my mountain, and don't give me just any mountain. Give me the mountain covered in giants, amen. By faith, Caleb said, that's what I want. There was no fear in the man. He, by faith, marched forward for God. And listen, this is what God wants to see in us. That we would be a generation of people that are like Joshua and Caleb that courageously go forth by faith. Listen, it's a choice day by day. Am I going to allow myself to be controlled by and driven by my fears? Or am I going to allow myself to walk by faith? following my blessed Lord and Savior and Redeemer. The choice is yours. It's a choice that requires great courage, though. Because oftentimes those things that lie before us can be very scary. Amen. Do you not think those walled cities and those giants and those terrible armies were a scary thought to consider? Sure they were. But by faith, Joshua and Caleb said, we've got a God that can. And we're going to go forth by faith, just trusting God. It reminds me also of Brother David. David. Similar type of situation. He comes into the army of, uh, into the camp of the Israelite army. And they're all cowering in their tents. And he sees this, this enemy of God come out and defy the living God. And he says, hey, listen, what are you guys doing? Do you hear what he's saying? He's defying the armies of the living God. 
And then he starts going throughout the camp. I mean, all these guys hiding in their tents, men that were much taller, much greater, uh, much more able than David. Hiding. Cowardly. And yet David goes to the camp and he starts publishing, Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? Why? Because David was a man of courage, of great courage, who desired to, by faith, go forth for God. He would not seal himself off in the tent, in, a, in, a, in his tent, cowardly, hiding when God wanted him to go forth by faith. You see, there's a choice here, Christian. As we think about each of these things, it's necessary in our lives as we go forth by faith. I want you to realize that this isn't a one-time choice either. This is a day-by-day -day choice to choose to live by faith or let myself be dominated and controlled by fear. So we see here, first of all, it's going to require a great courage. You know what? It's also going to require a great commitment. Look with me, if you would, at Esther chapter 4. Esther chapter 4, I want to read verse 14 through 17. And if you know the story, you know that evil Haman had risen up and was desirous to kill all the Jews in this land. And uh, Queen Esther, a Jew, had become the wife of King Ahasuerus. And now her uncle Mordecai sends unto her, seeking her help in this Awful situation that the Jews found themselves in. Uh, notice what it says here, starting in verse 14. It says, For if thou, Mordecai is speaking to Esther here, he says, For if thou holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Then Esther bade them return. Mordecai, this answer, go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan and fast ye for me and neither, neither eat ye nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise and so will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law, and listen, if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther had commanded him. Consider for just a moment what's going on here. Consider the great commitment that was required in this young woman to go forth by faith in this situation. You know what? It would have been so, so very easy for her to cowardly just pass the buck and say, Mordecai, just, just let it fall to someone else. Just let someone else do it, Mordecai. But instead here, despite the threat of death, she was completely committed to, by faith, do what God wanted for her to do. And her complete commitment to going forth by faith here is clearly evidenced in her words. And if I perish, I perish. Well, we need to have a faith like that nowadays too, don't we? And we have so few that actually have a faith like that. Boy, you can scare them away from the house of God. You could scare them away from following Jesus. Oh, so very easy because there's no real commitment there. But Esther was not that type of individual. She said, if I perish, I perish. 
You see, she was not willing to, to cower to her fears and, and hide in the shadows, but instead we see her conquering her fears by trusting in the Lord and being committed to by faith do what God wanted for her to do. And if we'll go forth by faith, it is going to involve some great commitment in our lives and on our part. Honestly, now many aren't committed even when it comes to that which is easy. You say, what do you mean, preacher? You know what? The average modern day professing Christian doesn't show up for church when it's not convenient. Right. I mean, she's facing death here. And she says, if I perish, I perish. But God wants me to do something. I'm going to do it. Nowadays, if it's not convenient, it doesn't matter if God wants them to do it or not. They're just not going to do it because it's not convenient. We've got a, a, a form of convenient Christianity in America. And I honestly wonder those that fall into that rut if they're even genuinely born again to begin with. They simply don't show up when it's not convenient. Oh, may God help us to be like Esther. I mean, she was so committed to what God wanted that she said, hey, I don't care. If I perish, I perish. Hey, listen, what type of change would we see uh, in our churches in America if Christians started having that type of attitude about going to church? Hey, bless God, I'm going to church. And if I perish, I perish. Amen. There was a time in Russia where they had, had that type of attitude. I mean, they went, they went to church gathering the forest with the real possibility that the KGB could show up, break up their services, imprison their pastors, and do all kinds of awful things to their people. I mean, they had to gather for church with the idea, if I perish today, I perish, but I'm going to follow God, and I'm going to live for God, and I'm going to serve God. Why? Because there was a great commitment to the their Lord, their Savior, their Christ. Listen, folks, God wants to see that in us. You know, in this day and age, people are so concerned about COVID. That's the big thing right now. And what type of individual is the most susceptible to that? Well, you think about it. It's somebody that's, they, they say that men are more susceptible to COVID, right? They talk about it being somebody who's older, somebody who has uh, different health issues like heart problems or diabetes and, and these different things. Brother Raymond is a man that fits almost all those characteristics, and yet week after week after week, through most of COVID, guess what Brother Raymond does on Saturday mornings? By faith, he's committed to show up here and pray and go out and tell people about Jesus. Why? Because he's going to follow his faith. He's not going to be conquered by his fears. And listen, folks, that's what God ought to see in us, in each and every one of us, that we're just so determined. You know what? I'm going to serve God, bless God. And if I perish, I perish. But I'm going to perish serving God. Amen. Amen. That's the attitude that God wants to see in his people. Not an attitude that so quickly waves the holy flag and says, I surrender. It's too hard. I surrender. It's not convenient. I surrender. Oh, may God help us to have the attitude and spirit of Esther. That we would go forth uh, in faith against all the fears and, and the difficulties that seem to be against us with a great commitment to just do what God wants for us to do. May God help us. We're going to need, we're going to go forth in faith. We're going to need a great courage. Uh, great courage like David. Great courage like Joshua and Caleb. 
If we're going to go forward in faith, it's going to require a great commitment, just like Queen Esther, who said, you know what? If God wants me to do it, I'm going to just do it. And if I perish, I perish, because this is what God wants. But I notice here also that it's going to require a great conviction. Look with me, if you would, at Acts chapter 20. I want to read verse 22 through 24. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. He says, And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. Now listen. But none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Wow, that's powerful, isn't it? Amen. Do you notice the powerful words of Paul here? He knew there was a possibility of something awful. He knew there was a possibility of maybe even death awaiting him. And yet as he sees this coming on the horizon, we don't find him fearful. We don't find him worrisome. But we find him proclaiming, but none of these things move me. None of them move me. You see, Paul was a man of great conviction. And he knew if it was what the Lord wanted for him to do, there was nothing in this world or out of this world that was going to move him from doing the will of God. The threat of death didn't cause him to waver. It did not cause him to compromise. It did not cause him to choose a more convenient path. But instead, we find him firmly by faith in his conviction of what God wanted for him to do. You know what's so sad is that so many today, they cowardly give up or they give in on their stand for some things that are way, way, way or are so, so much more uh, simple than what Paul was dealing with here. Well, somebody might not like me if I take a stand for God. Well, they, they might not be my friend. They might say something nasty to me. As Brother Darrell said, they might, they might cuss me out at the doorstep if I witness to them. Sometimes it's just for the sake of getting along. No, God doesn't want you to get along with the world. We're not called to be in unity with the world. That's what, that's what the Antichrist is going to do. He's going to unify the world. God doesn't want us to be in unity with the world. He wants us to be in unity, in unity with God's people. Yeah. We're to be different than the world, separate from the world, right? We don't need to try to get along with or be like the world. And yet many cowardly, they give up their stand just to get along with the world. Or because they're afraid that uh, somehow them taking a stand for God might hurt somebody's feelings. You know what? Jesus wasn't afraid to tell people the truth. You know what? When somebody was living in sin, you know what he'd tell them? Go and sin no more. <laughs> He wasn't okay with a woman caught in adultery continuing in adultery. He said, go and sin no more, right? Amen. He wasn't okay with the people in the, in the temple buying and selling and taking advantage of God's house. He drove them out of God's house. Listen, folks. 
In this day and age, people are just all for compromise and giving along. Um, you know what? Some might even say, well, you know what? If I take a stand, I'm going to get I'm going to get censored on social media. You know what? You probably will nowadays. <laughs> even brother, brother Raymond was telling me that a well-known uh, Baptist preacher, he posted one of his services online today and they said he could not post it. Why? Because it's preaching the truth. So come on, folks, forget all that. Forget about all that mess. We don't need to be worried about that. Just take a stand for Jesus, amen? Have a little conviction about you. Uh, and just like the Apostle Paul say, hey, I've got a work for God to do. I've got some convictions here based on God's word and how God wants me to live my life and order my life, and I'll not be moved. I'll not be moved. Just like you've heard me say time and time again, we're not putting drums up on the stage. You're going to have to get rid of me before you put drums up on the stage. You say, well, power up. You want drums? You can get rid of me. Because <laughs> I don't want drums. As long as I'm here, we're going to be preaching on the old-fashioned King James Bible. Amen. Why? Because it's the Word of God. I don't need these modern perversions. These things that water down and take away and add to the Word of God. I don't need that stuff. I've got some convictions. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to seek to have a holy life. I'm going to be at church when the doors are open. I'm going to stand on these things. And I'll not be moved. And I'll not be scared out of it either. Because I'm going to go forth by faith. Amen. I'm going to stand for Jesus. You know, one of the men that I think of when I think about this is one of the, the, the great men the Bible talks about in 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel chapter 23. There was a a man in verse 11 and 12, just a couple verses, you would read over it quickly and not even notice this man. But what a testimony he had. You read in this text, this man named Shammah, and he had a patch of lentils. And the enemy came into the territory and Shammah knew that God had given him that land. That that land belonged to him and it was what God had wanted him to possess. And so he stood in the midst of that lentil patch and he defended it, the Bible says. <laughs> I mean, he was thinking to himself, that enemy is not getting one lentil out of my patch, amen? I'm not giving one inch of this territory up to the enemy. I'm going to stand here and I'm going to defend it and I'm going to do so for God. Amen. Listen, that is the mindset, that is the attitude that God's people need to have today, amen? We don't need a compromise. We need to have great convictions in this day and age and say, but none of these things move me. And you know what the sad thing is that I see even good men, men that I've known down through the years, they're little by little, they're compromising. They're getting along. The drums are coming in. Uh, the beady music, uh, the unholy living is being justified as okay. Listen, folks, that's not what God wants. God wants us to be different. God wants us to be set apart and have a little conviction and take a stand and do all we can to stand for what God says is right. And if we're going to go forth in faith, it's going to involve a great conviction on our part. Because you know what we're going to see? The Bible says there will be a great falling away before Jesus comes, comes back. You know what you're going to see? You're going to see churches all around us falling away from the truth. You're going to see them compromising on a God-given Bible stand. That's what you're going to see as we get closer and closer to the time of Jesus coming. And we're going to have to just disturb, determine, ask for me and my house what? We are going to serve the Lord. They can do whatever they want. But ask for me and my house. We're going to serve God. Yeah.
And so may God help us to have, be, be an individual of great conviction because if we're going to go forth in faith, we're going to have to have that mindset like Brother Paul. But none of these things move me. Amen. And so I see here we're going to need to be a person of great courage, of great commitment, of great conviction. But also we're going to have to be an individual of great concentration if we'll go forth by faith rather than being conquered by fears. Notice what Brother Paul says in Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 13 and 14. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Once again, we see here Brother Paul's testimony. Uh, Brother Paul, despite facing great obstacles and facing serious opposition, he was focused and he was concentrated on going forth by faith and doing the will of God in his life. He says, this one thing I do. What did that mean? I'll tell you what, it'd be so wonderful if Christians today would just grasp a hold of this and just do this one thing. This one thing to just, just live for God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our might. Rather than getting so sidetracked with all this other mess going on around us. Just get caught up in doing this one thing. Amen. And Paul says, this one thing I do, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That ought to be the one thing that you and I do as we go forth in faith as well. May this be said of us. Truly, I'll tell you, it's unfortunate. But I believe that many today in our society that profess Christianity are more like a reed blown in the wind. They're driven to and fro with the winds of the world, with the newest thing that's out there on media or social media. They're so easily sidetracked with every shiny care and affair that the world has to offer. But listen, friend, if we will be the men and the women of God that we need to be in this wicked and ungodly generation, we, and if we will go forth in faith, then we must have a single focus. The Bible says in the early church that they, they served God with singleness of heart. I mean, they were singly focused on just living for God, honoring Christ in their, in their life. Just like Paul, he could say, this one thing I do, that one thing was just to, to press toward the mark, to just get everything I've got in serving God and living for him and honoring him in my life. Oh, may God help us with Brother Paul to also say this one thing I do. By faith, come what may, I'm going to press toward that mark. Listen, Christian, that's the type of faith God wants to see in us. You know, if we're allowing our fears to drive us to and fro with everything that's going on in this world, we're going to have a miserable life. Yeah. You might as well just turn off all that mess and get your eyes fixed on Jesus. Set, your, set your, your sight on the heavenlies, amen. Get your eyes fixed on the Almighty and just press toward the mark, amen. And give everything you've got to living for God. 
Because you know what? Before you know it, your vapor of a life is going to be gone, and you're going to be standing before him uh, in an eternal place called heaven. Oh, listen, if we're going to press forward and go forth by faith, it's going to require great courage. It's going to require great commitment, great conviction. It's going to require great concentration. But you know what I also see? It requires a great confidence because I can't do this myself. It needs, to be, it needs to be more than just me, amen? And I see that Brother Paul quoted in, uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, in verse 12, if you turn there with me. Second Timothy chapter number 1, verse number 12. Notice what he says here. He says, for the which cause I suffer these things, Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Amen. Notice his words here, Brother Paul. He knew who it was that he had placed his faith in, and he knew that his Lord would keep his word. So despite facing all kinds of fearful, trying, and troubling things, we find a man who marched on by faith because he knew who his Savior was and he knew that his Savior would always keep his promises. You see, friend, there may be many fearful things on the horizon. Only God knows. We don't know what a day may bring forth. But as a man or a woman of faith, you know what? That ought not to move me. That ought not to faze me one bit. Because my faith has found a resting place. Amen. I know whom I have believed in. And I know he keeps his promises. And you know what? I may not know what the future holds. But I know the one who holds the future. Amen. And I know also that he holds me in his hand. You see, the lost man is fearful of what the future holds. Because he does not know the one who holds tomorrow in his hand. If he's facing death, he's wondering, what's going to happen to me? I don't have that problem. <laughs> I could die today. I could die tomorrow. I could die, uh, you know, 60 years from now. Oh, that'd be really old. I could die 50 years from now. Who knows? God knows. But I'm not worried about that. I know where I'm going. My faith is Amen. not in me and any good thing I've done. My faith is all in my good Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And I know what he's promised to do, he will do. You see, a lost man may be fearful of what the future holds because he doesn't know the one that holds the future. What about you this morning? Are you fearful because you aren't sure that you know him? I wonder if there's anyone like that here today. We ask this question at the doorstep almost every time when we go out. If you were to die today and stand before Almighty Holy God in heaven, and he were to ask you, why should I let you into my heaven? What would you say to him? Oh, how many people? They stop there and say, well, I don't know. And the vast majority of people will start listing all the good things that they've done and tell me how good of a person they are. And none of those things are acceptable in the eyes of God. The Bible says all your righteousness is as filthy rags in Isaiah. It's not good enough. There's none righteous, no, not one. There's none good, save God. You can't get in there by your own merit. Listen, friend, there's nothing acceptable on that day but the blood of Jesus Christ. Right. And if I'll ever get into heaven, 
It will not be on my merit, but it will be on the merit of the dear dying Lamb of God to shed his blood on an old rugged cross to pave my way into heaven. And I have that confidence. I know it's mine because I know Jesus is mine. I wonder, what about you? Do you have that confidence today? If you're going to go forward in faith, you're going to have to have that confidence. Because there's no way to live life without fear until you come to know Jesus Christ as your personal yeah. Lord and Savior. You know what? The devil's the author of fear. But you know what? Jesus conquers fear. He's the author of peace. Praise the Lord. And he, he, he's, the Bible says he's the prince of peace. You know what happens when the prince of peace reigns on the throne of your heart? <laughs> Boy, that permeates throughout your life. And so I don't have to fear what tomorrow may bring because I know who holds tomorrow and I'm trusting him. My life is in his hands and in his control. What about you? Do you know whom you had believing? Or would you wonder if he was to ask you that question on that day, what's going to happen to me? If that's you today, you better deal with that. Because I'll tell you what, that's nothing to play around with. Larry played around with that for years. I'm sure numerous times God dealt with him. In fact, he's talked to me about numerous times coming down to the altar, but he just wouldn't give his life over to God until finally God brought him through all that he did to get a hold of his heart. You better not mess around with that. If God's dealing with you, you do business with God. Today is the day of salvation. And listen, Christians, in this day and age, we don't need to be a bunch of patsy Christians, Amen. We need to be like Brother Paul and say, you know what, praise God. I'm going to just march forth by faith. Amen. I'm going to be like Joshua and Caleb and David with great courage and like Esther with great com commitment and like Brother Paul with that great conviction and great concentration saying none of these things move me, but I'm going to just press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. What about you? Are you allowing yourself to be controlled by your fears? Or are you just following your dear Lord and Savior, the shepherd of your soul? Or are you just following him by faith? You know what? It's a whole lot easier to follow him by faith than to be driven by your fears. Amen. Boy, there's a whole lot more peace involved with that. His staff and his rod, they comfort me, the Bible says. He leads me by those still waters, those green pastures. Boy, there's, that, that's the wonderful way to live. You know what? I'm not worrisome. I'm not fearful. I'm just trusting God. Amen. Amen. I hope the Lord spoke in your heart today. As we stand to our feet today, this Pat's going to come play on the piano. The Lord spoke in your heart about something today that you want to pray about. The altar is open. What about it, Christian? Has your life been dominated by fearful things? Are you worried what might happen tomorrow? Would you come forward today and just say, Lord, I want to just trust you more. I just want to follow you by faith. and I, I don't want to be dominated or controlled by fearful things in my life. But I want to just follow you even more by faith than I ever have before. The Lord spoke in your heart about something this morning. You come and pray. The altar is open. I wonder, maybe there's someone here today that would say, Preacher, the message spoke to my heart because... Although I know you are preaching predominantly to Christian folks today, I really don't know for sure that I am saved. If I was to stand before God on that day, I don't know for sure that he would let me into heaven. I don't know for sure that I place my faith and trust in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Is there anyone like that here today that could honestly raise your hand and say, Preacher, that's me.
God's been dealing with me and I've not yet been willing to turn my life over to him, but I need to. And I want to do that today. Is there anybody like that here today? I don't see any hands. God knows your heart. Christians, if the Lord spoke into your heart today, you come and pray. What God needs us to be a people of faith in this day, not a people dominated by our fears. May God help us. The altar is open.